Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. Guys, on this week's episode, I'm going to talk to you guys about something that's been coming up. It's all about life and experiences, and it's really about mind and mindset and thoughts. And for a lot of my clients lately, I guess, maybe due to the situation with COVID, maybe something else, you know, um, but they've really had to spend a lot of time with themselves, uh, really kind of getting comfortable, not only with themselves, but potentially with their spouse or significant other. And a lot of stuff has come up. And I know for a fact, just doing what I do, there's going to be a lot of breakups, divorce, a lot of, you know, realizing that there might be difficulties in communication where one previously thought everything was swimming and awesome. And it's good in some ways, you know, it's good to learn about these things and really, if you want to address them and, you know, I don't want to say fix them because there's nothing wrong with your original way to begin with, but change them, change them so that they work in a manner for you to have the, you know, feelings, emotions, whatever it is, the life and lifestyle that you're looking for. And I use those words carefully because that's what I'm going to talk about, right? A lot of times we hear things about life is about the experience, right? And we've all heard this. And maybe for some of you, it really resonates. For me, it does, right? I, it's always about the experience for me. Um, and when we experience things, we grow. We feel alive. We feel connected. It does something to us. But after the experience, right, after the vacation, after the wedding, after the movie, after whatever it is that has occurred, you kind of might have like a bit of an emotional drop or a mental drop or or question, which is kind of what I do, is like, why doesn't it stay there? Why don't I stay in that high emotional state? Even if it's just after running, right? Why do I not stay there? And obviously the running thing is a little bit easier to answer because there's things that go on physiologically, but honestly, what really triggers all this? And after having done research, right, and just learning about this and working with people, for me, the end result is the mind, which is why mindset is just this really popular word, um, is so important to me. Uh, understanding the thought process, how it affects your emotions and your outcomes. And I mean, all of your outcomes, how you're feeling, how you're doing, how you're growing, how you're not growing, how things are changing for you or not changing for you, are all coming from your thought process and your thought process begets emotions, which then changes your energetic state or your state of being, which then of course changes everything else. It's just sort of mini little chain reaction. So if I know, and I play with this all the time and you guys know that if I know I can change my state by thinking differently, um, why is it that it goes away? Why you know, obviously I'm not going to stay in the state of always watching some awesome movie or always running or always listening to music, right? But why? Why, when you have the experience, does it eventually kind of go away, right? Or not kind of, just does. And so it's really about the thoughts and the thought process. And I think for me and most of my clients, it comes back to, quote, coming back to reality. And there is 
this frame that we have created about what what our reality is supposed to look like. And even though we might've dropped a lot of them or changed a lot of them, like, um, you know, again, I can only speak for women and myself, you know, at some point in time, everybody thinks you should be married, thinking about children and all this stuff. And when that is the frame that's been put upon you, the frame of your life and how it's supposed to look, and you're not meeting that standard, um, it can become kind of depressing, right? So if we're putting this frame around their life, first and foremost, that we're even supposed to be super happy all the time, right? Or that we want to keep this thing, um, that could become depressing in and of itself. So just, you know, really talking about going deep internally, because this is probably a great time to have done that or to be doing that, because eventually we're all coming out of this. And I know that all of us are experiencing this COVID-19 thing differently. Uh, Some of us here in Manhattan have been kind of stuck inside. Some of us And other parts of the country have not. Now in other parts of the country, now you are starting to, right? As we're coming out of it, you're going into it. So everyone's experiencing the same storm, but at a different way, right? Your boat is floating a different way. Some of us are capsizing. Some of us are totally fine, um, just rising with the tide, right? So, you know, it's a time to go deep internally and to understand what it all means. How does the mind actually create happiness? But the best part is, is that the mind creates happiness. It's not the trip. It's the thoughts about the trip that made the happiness. It's the thoughts about the wedding that made the happiness. It's the thought about the thing, right? And the thing for us is that most of us, that thing is an external thing. The movie, the music, the wedding the trip, the experience, as opposed to some kind of internal thing. And I think that as we develop, if we can begin to develop our mind to create the internal thing, we can more easily reach that happy place. Um, I know, you know, I've obviously been meditating for, for several years And we talk about the monkey mind and the mind chatter and all of this stuff. Um, And for anybody who has studied, you know, mindset, mindfulness, meditation, we all know that there is a subconscious conversation going on in us all the time. And we are seriously not consciously aware. And I don't know how one would become aware of all of those things, right? I mean, we make what? Uh, 35,000 decisions in a 24-hour period, something of that nature, including the time that we're sleeping. So, you know, our brains don't turn off. Think about this. When you're sleeping, your brain didn't turn off. It's your mind experiencing the dream, which of course creates emotions. I'm sure somebody has cried or been scared or thought they were going to die in their dream, right? It's still the emotion. You physically felt it, right? You, In fact, it might've even woken you up out of whatever that state is. Your mind was still going but the rest of you is doing whatever else we're doing when we're sleeping. I don't really know. So it's really about, you know, what is this thing, the mind? Who puts these ideas in there, right? How are we developing this whole thing? And how do we really work with it to sort of get it on track, you know, the track that we're hoping for, or do we like, do we just let it go? Right. Um, I think that we know what the experience is when we let it go. And that is the experiences that we have developed since birth to, you know, age seven or eight, right? These developmental years 
are the years in which you don't have a real frame and yet you're interpreting the world around you. And if you revisit some of the things that have happened to you when you were a kid, I mean, really with your adult eyes, um, you might see things very differently. And if you can experience that difference and have that emotional change, you'll realize that it's less affecting on you. I don't know if that's making any sense. Um, so, I mean, people are always asking me, how do we work with the mind? How do we stop the monkey mind? How do we stop the chatter? How do we shut it all down? And my answer is, is I don't shut it down. I don't stuff it down. I don't try and control it. You know, um, I, I, I try to shape it. Yes. Yeah, some ways, you know, you don't want to be the person who's screaming like a psycho all the time. I'm not saying that I've never done that, but, but, you know, it's not even about shutting it down for me. It's about feeling it. It's about understanding it. And it's about letting it go. You know, I'm not trying to stuff my jar full of marbles, all the painful, all the weird, all the detrimental or different experiences that I'm trying to avoid, right? If you think about it, you know, we're told to either our emotions are bad or you shouldn't behave that way, or you shouldn't feel that way. Right. Um, how many times does an emotion come up for you and you're in public and you just kind of hold it? especially for women, women in the boardroom, women in, in business, right? Oh, you're not going to, you're not going to be emotional right now. And you just kind of hold it, stuff it down, get rid of it. Or you don't think about it or you distract yourself, right? Maybe you had a, a bad moment, bad conversation with a significant other, child, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, friend, relative, whatever it is. And instead of feeling it and letting it go, you shove it down and you distract yourself. Oh, forget it. I'm going to go for a drive. Oh, forget it. I'm going to go do this, right? You know, I'm not, I'm not going to focus on that. And, you know, in the moment you think you're managing it, but really you're just trapping it within you. And my belief is that is when we do these things, that is why we have like medical issues, right? Things happen and they get trapped in your body. And we know this, right? With the study of epigenetics, if you guys have read my book, uh, becoming ineffable. Um, you know, the study of epigenetics in which I personally believe it's the emotions. It's a thought idea, deepest, deepest, deepest subconscious, you know, truths for us that will trigger these things, these outer layers on our DNA to have these things. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's an autoimmune disease. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's a positive thing. I don't know, but that's my thought and belief. And so you know, I'm always asked, like, what do we do with these things? What, how do we get rid of them? First of all, don't, don't, you know, release them to get rid of them, but don't fight them. Like they're bad. Get rid of them. Get out of me. Like, you know, um, the second we're fighting it, we're actually keeping it. Um, and so, you know, and I've said this before, especially in my productivity courses, you know, again, we're kind of like a, a phone, right? Like on the way phones are today with these amazing memories. However, we're taking these horrible snapshots of the crappiest moments of our lives and we're keeping them deep inside, you know, our little memory chip, using up space. And let's just pretend that that little memory has an energy to it. And so now our phone has all this negative energy and now it stops working. It slows down. It doesn't do what we want. Right. But we don't know why, because we don't know that two years ago we took 1000 shots a day of the worst moment and just sort of, you know, ignored them, didn't feel them, passed them off, but just kind of stuffed them back there. Right. And so they're just taking a ball's room and creating negative energy within our phone, within ourselves. And so some of the things that I do to work on these, um, I'll just go them, through them really quickly. Uh, one, of course, I meditate. I meditate consistently twice a day. 
I will be honest, I haven't been so awesome in the times of COVID, but back to it. Now that my daughter's out of school, I'm actually getting back to it. So uh, I do something called Transcendental Meditation. Love it. Rock Starness. They have uh, somebody named Bob Roth who comes on twice a day. I think he's out in California, just, you know, just doing it gratuitously. So it's kind of awesome. And we have like 3,000 meditators at a time getting on live on a call. I do his first call in the morning and then I try and hit a six o'clock. And if I miss it, that's fine. He has replays or I just, I just do it. Right. The second thing I have engaged in consistently are mindfulness practices. Now, if you go to my website and I'll put the link here, you can get a super, super inexpensive 52 week mindfulness email series where I send you an email each week. And all you do is try that practice for the week. Just try it. Just try it on. Just try it. Right. Book some time in your calendar just try it, make sure it's consistent weekly. And it doesn't matter. You either like it and you keep it or you don't and you move on to the next one that, that comes up, right? Or maybe you just change because you can and it's more fun, right? But here's the bottom line. If you do it as regularly and consistently as possible, at the end of the 52 weeks, you've just done a year of mindfulness, almost zero effort. It's the craziest thing. And you will see differences, even though you haven't had a singular consistent practice, the practice in and of itself has brought you massive changes. Um, another thing I always look for is awareness, by the way, awareness is the number one thing that if you can actually get this down, most of your stuff just goes away, just being aware of it. And so the awareness that I'm talking about that I try and notice first, cause it's not always a thought is a feeling. So I'll have like a, a physical tension in my body right before I get angry. If there's a thing right before the thing happens, right before I want to lose my mind, right before I forget that, right before something happens, um, there's a physical thing that happens in my body. And if I can pinpoint that, I can make myself aware of it. And so when, and that's, I'm not saying I'm an expert at figuring it out, um, but I'd certainly try to notice it because the second I notice it, I can then identify it as whatever it is, I decided to, to label it, right? Which, you know, is what it is. Um, and then I can get rid of it. Finally, how do you get rid of it, right? So a lot of times, um, there's a lot of ways, but I like asking for specific questions. And I ask myself, one, will I just let the feeling in? Will I even allow myself to feel it? And the reason I ask this is because remember, we try and squish it down. We try and ignore it. We try and pretend we don't have it. We try and act like it's, you know, not for us. And as we do that, you know, I'm in my 40s. So 40 years, 40 plus years of this, you bet your ass I'm pretty damn good at ignoring stuff, pushing it down, acting like as if it's not there. Right. But what does that do to me? Again, that clouds me up with negative energy, negative juice, pulling me down. And ultimately, you know, either having a physical ailment or some other thing go on, right? And we can talk about the really obvious stuff, like the blow up about the little thing, but it wasn't really about the little thing. It was about all the things just added up and I finally blow it. You know, it's, it's all that stuff. So if I just would accept the fact that I can let it in and I can feel it and that's okay, that's my first question. Can you just let it in, right? Just feel it. Are you even going to be allowed to feel it? Will you, will you do that for yourself? That's my first question. Then I ask myself, could you let that feeling go? Not would you, not saying, you know, you're gonna, or you're going to have to, but just even, is it even possible that you could let that feeling go? Okay. And then my next question is, 
Well, if, and only if the questions are in the positive, like, yes, I can let it in. Yes, I could let it go. Then I ask myself, well, would you, would you let it go? Not, not, not will you, but would you, right? Not saying you have to do it today or tomorrow. Not telling you when you have to do it. I'm just asking, would you even be willing then to let it go? Because now that you're willing to feel it, now that you know you could let it go, are you willing to let it go? Right? And then my final question is, okay, if you let it in and you can let it go and you're willing to let it go, when? When's it going to go? And I ask these questions because if you state them in the negative, you know where you're being held up. You know why you can't get rid of it because you either aren't willing to feel it, you don't believe you can just let it go for whatever reason, and that's, that's fine, right? Um, you're not willing to let it go. Or all the three are good, but you're just not willing to stay to time, right? Like you're, you're not ready. You're not ready to let it go. And you have to understand something. When you hold on to something, it's because it does something for you, okay? It, it does something for you. It gives you an excuse to behave a certain way. It gives you the story that you are relying on. It does something for you that causes you to need to keep it. Like if you don't like your parents or a parent or a sibling because they did something to you, horrible, and you can't bring yourself to let it go. Why? Because it tells you why you're not allowed to love, you don't need to love them. You don't need to be friends with them. You don't need to know them. And if you let it go, maybe then you're supposed to act in this way or that you've decided that siblings are supposed to be. If they're not at odds, then they must be loving relationship siblings. And, you know, there's all these things that we create these stories, the ideas of how they're supposed to look. Why? Because we watched a TV show, because we read a book, because we saw a movie, like, because that's what church and society says life is supposed to be like. Forget it all, you know, because whatever these definitions are, you have to ask them, do they serve you and your happy end result, right? Like what is, what is life that you want it to look like? Why do you want it to look like that? Like, is that really what you want? Or is that, you know, sometimes we just don't know because we've been told and we just don't, you know, if you ask yourself, why, why do you think you should be married with two kids and a dog? I don't know. Where'd it come from? It came from somewhere and it's not wrong. It's just, does it serve you? Okay. And that's really the the bigger question. And so I ask myself those four questions when it's something super, super, super emotionally charged, really, really deep. Because, you know, I can tell myself the answer then. Well, if I'm not willing to let it in, I'm never going to be able to get it out because I'm not allowing myself to feel it and be real with it. You know, could I let it go? Well, maybe if I say no, then obviously I can't. I have a belief that I can't let it go for whatever reason, and therefore it's not going to go, right? Would I? Well, if I'm saying no to that, I'm not willing to let it go. Why? Because again, it's doing something for me. When? If it's not now, then hmm, really next week? All right, cool. Then let me check in next week. What's that about? What's that really about? What am I trying to get out of this next week, keeping this emotion and this story and this thing that I'm going to all of a sudden get rid of it next week, right? Just It's just a conversation and it's about awareness, being aware of what you're keeping and why um, and what it's doing to you or not doing for you, right? And so that's what I wanted to kind of talk about today just because you know, a lot of stuff has been coming up for a lot of people, especially the people that I work with. And, you know, these are the simple things that I do and they have worked for me and they continue to work for me. And every step is just a step, step forward, step up. Um, but that's really the core of what I've done 
to make massive, massive changes. And you guys know I'm all about the incremental, the exponential results. So it's the tiny little things. It's the tiny feelings that I go after. It's the tiny ones. Any little thing is good to work on. And eventually it's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're going to have more and more and more. And it's just going to like snowball. And you're going to wake up one day and be like, oh, that's funny. I don't feel negative in any way, right? There have been times where I've been standing around, like even at the bank. You know, I remember when I was younger being in a bank line, just totally annoyed, just totally annoyed that it's so slow. And like, I don't understand. There's like only two people here, right? Like there's seven employees and yet no one's moving for the past hour, right? This is a Miami thing, past hour, (laughs) nothing happened. And you just wonder, you know? And so like, there have been times here in New York that I'm just like, oh, I didn't even notice. And it's not because I have more time or I'm less rushed or anything like that. It's because I've done all this work that these things don't bother me because all of my definitions and all of my tensions and all of my things have changed, right? Yeah, so I was just saying like examples for people, you know, understand your model of what you believe the world should look like for you to feel great. And when you do that, you're also gonna realize all the things on the outside of you that you're counting on to make you feel good. And if you continue to do that, it's going to be very difficult. And one of the examples I had was, you know, if you think you're supposed to live in sunny California, driving down the freeway in perfect sunshine, 70 degree dry heat, and your kids aren't screaming in the backseat and there is no traffic and nobody is being a jerk on the road or any of that stuff. And that's how you're going to have the perfect best day. Well, guess what? You're never going to have the perfect best day because all of these things outside of you are defining whether or not it's a good day or not kids screaming or crying, how is that defining whether that's a good day or you for not, right? Somebody cut you off, not cut you off on the freeway, no traffic on the freeway. I mean, you know, you're, you're taking all these outside things and saying, Hey man, if, if, if I had the house, if I had the money, if I did this thing, if it looked like this today, that's my perfect best day. Well, you know, and I do this exercise a lot with my, with my clients, perfect best, you know, average, perfect best day. Right. Um, and I do that on purpose. Everybody wants to know what's your greatest day. Well, I don't. I want. I want to know what your average good day looks like, because you know if we're aiming for perfection, that's great. But you're going to be disappointed a hell of a lot. And if you can reframe, if you can readdress, if you can become aware, you can change everything. Um, and so that's why I do the average best day versus oh, your perfect ultimate day, right? Well, maybe my perfect ultimate day is you know surfing in Hawaii. Right. But I mean, you know, is that going to be my every day? I mean, it could be if I wanted it to, but then actually that becomes less perfect for me because it's not fun. It's not different. It's not something else. Anyway, getting back to this, what you really need to do is just clean up the mess in your mind and, you know, that you didn't create, by the way, but you are keeping, right? Like you didn't create the thing that the trauma that happened to you when you were five. You didn't create that. You didn't create that experience. You didn't create your reaction to it, but you are keeping it somewhere deep inside, if you haven't truly let it go, and I don't mean stuff it down just to the point where you can't feel it anymore. I mean, actually address it and let it go. Um, you know, that's, it's, it's bothering you somewhere in your, in your, in yourself and your mind and your energy. Um, another thing you can do, which is an NLP thing that I do all the time is reframing. I also have conversations with myself and my mindfulness conversations. I literally have conversations with myself, but here's the deal. It's just sort of letting it go, letting it be what it is. And just, you know, I always say love, light, wisdom, and understanding. It's just kind of looking through this lens differently, not just at the things outside of you, but actually at yourself 
and your reaction to things and how you want to take them. But that's kind of it. I just wanted to talk to you about the things that are coming up for the people that I work with and understanding that, you know, it's, it's all within us. And I'm not saying the path isn't difficult. I'm not saying that, you know, you aren't going to lose your job, have no money, you know, have the stress of potentially losing your home or your apartment or whatever, but it's about going through that experience differently so that you can always be okay. It's, it's a weird place to be, right? I mean, I, even I had one of my companies just completely die. I mean, it's not a company that I, I actively run, but it certainly is something I rely on financially. And it's like, fine. You know, all the employees who were all 1099 to begin with, you know, had to kind of leave because they needed to do something else or they were ready, willing, and able to take this time to do what's right for them in this moment, you know, meaning, you know, their self-work, right? So, and I'm all cool with that. I don't, I, I love it. So, I mean, here I am sitting with a company that makes, you know, very good money, not making any money um, and actually having pretty much no employees at this point. But am I freaked out? One, no. I mean, the second this market comes back, I'll, I'll rebuild it. It's not like that big of a deal. The team members who know the value of it and want to even come back if they haven't found something better that lights them up even more. They're more than welcome to come back and I'm sure they will. You know, it's it's like you just can go through things differently. Is it pleasant? No. Is it a growing experience? Absolutely. Is it putting the fear of, of God in me that all is lost and holy crap? Absolutely not. You know, in the same time I built a an events company that everyone told me I was crazy to do, that we were all going to get handed our ass and it's going to suck because it's COVID. I mean, like literally people have told me like, basically I'm a jackass and I should know better. But no, it was massively successful. We had Damon John on there. We had David Melter pop in. We had, you know, all these great speakers. Uh, Kent Clothier, it was a real estate thing. Uh, Bryce McKinley, just all these, all these great people. Roxana, like all just, you know, all these incredible speakers. And somehow we were able to garner this amazing high energy you know, element that you normally get at a live event and we did it virtually and we're doing another one in October, right? Now we're hoping to create that secret sauce again and pour that all over our October event because it was ridiculous awesome. And of course, my, my business partner and I are moving forward just one step, maybe smarter, maybe different, like, you know, and hoping it gets better and, and it is what it is, right? And we also actually built a second company uh, together in mobile homes. And I mean, you know, it's, no, there's no fear. There is just a decision. If I want to rebuild it whenever this whole thing ends and people are on the move again, then I will. It's that simple. So, I mean, I don't know. There's a, there's when you've, when, I guess when you've done practically a decade of consistent meditation, mindfulness, practicing awareness, the four questions, reframing, NLP, you guys know I'm huge into NLP. So, when you've done that, you know, and I'm not even at the level, like I know I can be because I still get annoyed. Things still irritate me. And I just have to stop, feel it, figure it out, right? And as I do that again and again and again, it gets less and less and less. But there's always the next something. It's cool. Like it's always a process. And that's all I can hope for is to learn the process and always be able to apply it. And that's it. So that's what I want to leave you guys with. There's just a few things that you could do. If you want that mindfulness 52-week series, I will post the link uh, here for you in the description, because I honestly don't know what the link is, but I will get that for you in the description. So you can get that. If you need the book, it's on Amazon, just becoming unequitable. That one, there's, there's two there. 
One is about energy and vibrations, but the one that if you're listening to this podcast, you should be talking about is the mindset one. Tons of techniques in there. I do not write for like fun reading. I write so that you can get the information and use it. So it's very much a, hey, this is what you can do. This is what you do. This is what you do kind of book for, for, for mindset. But that is it. If you guys ever have any questions, as always, you can reach me at success at csthrive.com. You can find me on Facebook at Thrive Tribe Global in the group. Just apply to be in it. It's free and we'll let you in there and you can ask questions. You can see our Monday mindset calls. You can see our Friday free coaching calls um, in there as well. All right, guys. Thanks so much. And I hope everyone is doing well. And I will talk to you guys on next week. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course, you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.